Do you like scary movies and watered-down true crime? Then this is the podcast for you. We've been best friends for almost 30 years, and we've been getting high while watching movies together for most of it. Now we want to share that with you. So pour your white wine on ice and prepare your bud any way you choose. Because what would be girls' night without a little THC? We've been on good for our intro. Wow. Okay. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host Mariah. This is your host Bailey. And there's another bee in the house. Bobby's a- another here. bee in the tree. <laughs> You've talked about him so much. Mm-hmm. I'm real. He's <laughs> <laughs> part of the pod family. Yeah. He's here helping to babysit me and the child. Yeah. I think I'm babysitting you. Yeah. He's babysitting the child. Done. You and I are so good at babysitting each other mm-hmm. when we're blackout drunk. But hey, we got support on all ends. What more could we ask for? This is like our Christmas special, even though Christmas has passed. But also Happy New Year. Happy New Year special too. Yeah. Because for us, it's New Year's Eve Eve. That's right. And then for them, when it drops like a hot load, it'll be the new year. Dude, I'm so excited that we are at your house and not my house. Is so, it mayhem? No, my husband's just old and annoyed with the kids. Right? And the kids have been home for too long too from long. school. So they're being real annoying. Yep. In all fairness to him, yeah. they are pushing buttons. I get it. So I can't wait to get out of there. <laughs> like, I got to go. You're like, I'll see you tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. And tomorrow's a big day because it's football. It was on today, too. You know that, right? Yeah, you keep telling me that. But all of my players play tomorrow. Yes. Like, all of them. You and my oldest are championship round. How did Kai pull that off? Because Kai had the monster lineup. At the beginning. In fact, they should have been even better than they were. I forced a trade. Any football girlies out there. I forced a trade for Tyreek Hill, who is my all-star player. Yeah. So So if they would have had all... Tyreek Hill on their team too. It would I would have been had a massacre. no shot. Well, thanks. Then you did me a favor too because I, so. I have a chance. You do right now. They're projected to beat you, but only by like I think a less few than points. ten points. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. But they have two good Dallas players mm-hmm. on their team. One tonight hasn't been doing much. The other one's been going all the way off. Oh shit! So yeah, fun times. It could go either way because I I've, can't wait. I know I've got. Is it one. two weeks in a row? Or I just don't. No, we get Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> the Call fact Stephanie. that we played each other three weeks in a row was enough. Yeah, uh, I really don't know how any of this works. Mm-mm. My uncle was up for Christmas and was asking me all kinds of like, man, man you're like, man, just because we do this manager doesn't questions, mean we know and I'm what like, we're doing. Not a clue, dude. Yeah. So, anyways, anywho's can't wait to update you guys on our championship. The championship. Mm-hmm. If I lose to a 13 year old, <laughs> I'm gonna laugh and laugh and laugh. How was your Christmas? Christmas. My parents were really good. I'm proud of them. Um, they both in their drunken emotional feels were like, this is the best Christmas ever. Oh, like, nice. To have you guys here. And they were both on their best behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was hysterical is 
for my dad to watch me be in his shoes now mm-hmm. because it was Nick's birthday. He was in bed by like seven. Mm-hmm. He was out cold. So that leaves me drunk to do all of Santa's helper work. Mm-hmm. And he was dying yeah. watching me scramble yeah. and panic and do all the things. So that was really fun for him. Same thing. And I guess, I don't know, it does mean the magic of Christmas probably means more to me than it does my husband in all fairness. Up until we had kids, he was anti-holiday. Oh, yeah. The kids the are the kids only reason he feels broke anything. him down a lot. Mm-hmm. So definitely that the magic of Christmas is all on my shoulders. Yeah. But now I have big kids. And you have to wait for those motherfuckers to go to bed. I'm Forget like, it. let me go to bed and set an alarm for three in the morning because be I'm it. never going to outlast y'all. Absolutely. But I finally, I think I literally, I, th- I did go to bed. I can't remember if I slept or not, but I definitely rested. Yeah. And I think I was um, doing everything at like 2 a.m. Yeah. That's and then actually back to smart. Bed. Yeah. And then um, what was great for me this year was to see both my older kids are really good with little kids. And when they're not fighting with their little sister, they're great with their little yeah. sister. And so my 11-year-old son had to give up his room to his grandparents. So he was bunking in my six-year-old's room because she has bunk beds. And like... She was up at like 4 a.m. And he kept her in bed. Wow. They got, he put the Grinch on his laptop okay. and they sat there and they watched a movie together Cute. and just kept her calm and yeah. kept her in the room until it was like 5.30. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, that's semi-reasonable. Mm-hmm. But it was just very sweet. Yeah. And such, I love it when the older ones are like really outstanding siblings. And you're like, yes. So on that note, Nick's got all the family, right? Mm-hmm. I have no family. He's got <laughs> families. and well, Yeah. But I mean, he's got like cousins oh. and cousins and shit. So we did. We did. One of his families is in Benicia. In Benish. Benicia. Benicia. And they had done um, gingerbread houses for all the kids, all oh. the cousins. Uh-huh. And they range from like 20, 18, 16, 12. That's a lot of money in gingerbread houses. Uh, But it's just to see them all working together at the table and like keeping things stable for the little so that they could place things. And like when they'd get frustrated, the bigs would step in and help out. That's really sweet. Mm -hmm. While the rest of us are in a completely different opposite end of the house drinking and watching football. I mean, that's the magic right there. Fuck yeah. So yeah, I agree. Having the the ages and watching them all work. It's so fun. And the giggles and Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, the squeals. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. And then my husband and I don't do presents for each other. We do stockings for each other. Yeah. But again, my son, Wyatt, was not having it. He's like, we're getting mom like a present Good a present so they went shopping and Lou's like mom really wants an air fryer and Wyatt at first agreed and then even at 11 years old he thought about it and he went that's not a gift he's all that's not a present because she'll just use it to make food for, for us. the rest of us he's like that's not a gift you raised him so well I'm telling you yeah. dude so he picked me out some really nice slippers a really nice new robe because I'm an old lady I love my bathrobes mm-hmm. he got me a new fuzzy electric blanket so I would have one because I have one on my bed and this one's room, for like the living, living room, room. Mm-hmm. and then he got me really nice because you know me I almost only wear hoop earrings really nice hoop earrings all in an array of different like shapes and colors and whatever like yeah he just really knows my taste yeah he had it down perfect I love it and I was just like man he's gonna be a great partner one day to somebody it's all you can ask for guy girl whoever he ends up with 
he's going to do a great job. So yeah. all in all, great times. Mm-hmm. My mom did. She took Violet out one day and let her pick out things for us. Nice. Uh-huh. I got a new makeup brush. Okay. And some ceramic mushrooms. Perfect. And Nick got a fuzzy pink monkey. <laughs> <laughs> And some scratchers. Great. <laughs> what, do you win anything? We haven't scratched them yet. Oh. I, actually, all of his gifts are hung over on his whiskey thing over there. Okay. For him to enjoy when he gets home. All right. Can't mm-hmm. wait to, what if he wins big money? Who knows? Speaking of gifts, should we do our we? THC holiday gift exchange? Let's do your mom's first. So my mom in a THC first, my mother, gift giving is her love language. She's, That's how she shows her love. She's. We've talked about it. She's been including me on like the family gift giving forever because oh. I'm number two. So like I remember one year the Easter basket she made me yeah. was more elaborate than the one that my own mother made. <laughs> yeah, my mom will, if you are around, she will make you an Easter basket. She'll make sure you have whatever she sends violet gifts. cards in the mail for all the holidays every holiday and they're all violet loves that they're signed from her and who and libby and libby she and the dog loves it so yes mom couldn't couldn't resist getting doing a, a thc present there's t- there's first of all there's a can of our favorite wine which classic good looking out mom and then I think we, I don't know if we just each open one. There's sure. two. Let's do it. And there's a bunch of candy, which really comes in handy <laughs> uh-huh. post recording. I love it. Way to go, mom. Nice. Oh, I wonder oh. if they say the same thing. What does yours say? I'm, I'm freaking jolly. Yeah, that's what mine says too. Um, I'm freaking jolly wine glasses. But they're cute because they're like frosted. The yeah. bottom's green. And they're like sparkly. Oh, a little. I love it. Yay. Cute. That's the perfect pod gift. Yeah. She knows us. Love it. All right. Who's going to go first? Oh, Should we Rochambeau? Ooh. One round. One round. One shot, one kill. And then if you win, you get to choose what you want to do. Okay. Rochambeau. Rochambeau. God damn it. We're too similar. <laughs> That was two scissors. Rochambeau. <laughs> two papers coming up. Rochambeau. Yes. Boom. All right. Um, you go first. Okay. Mine has a little dinosaur with, what are those? Christmas lights instead of spikes. Ugh. Oh, how much tape? No, I didn't, I didn't overly tape it. <laughs> Listen, do you know how many presents I have to wrap? You think I have tape to spare, to spare like that? I know. It's a box. And there's tissue paper. <gasps> and there's all my friends. Open it. Oh, God. Slashing through the snow. It's a t-shirt. And who does it have on it? It's got Freddie, Michael, Ghostface and Jason. And they're all wearing like Santa hats. Uh huh. And it's a great, it's like a faded old look. Yeah. Uh-huh. It says slashing through the snow. I love so it. So now you have a little t shirt for next year. Hell yeah. Yay. I'm going to sleep in that tonight. Okay. All right. Here we and go. A sparkly black bag. Oh. Ooh, a game? Mm hmm. Pick your poison after dark edition. What would you rather do? I love what would you rather do. And 
Even though it is the After Dark edition, which is more risque, I was reading some of the cards online, and I think it'd be really fun to play with the big kids. Yeah. Because it's like silly stuff. Yeah, because like as an example is use hot sauce as eye drops or have your search history published by Google. Right? Like that's that's so fun for a teenager. Be hungover for the rest of your life or give a eulogy for someone you didn't know. Easy eulogy. (laughs) Absolutely. The way I can bullshit a speech, I'll shut that funeral all the way down. Make that person look even cooler than they really were. <laughs> Thanks, B. Yeah. We'll have to um next next podcast. Maybe we'll pull a few. And then I was thinking if we don't get too faded, since we have Bobby here, we could try to play the screen game you gave me. Yeah. For our last I would love to. Whatever. I've been dying to do it. Yeah. I've had no excuse to. I won't lie though, I've tried to read the directions multiple times. <laughs> I've even watched the video couldn't tell you how to play that's just like santa brought wyatt the squid game board game oh and i'm like because really it's each of the games right so it's really five games in one or whatever and i'm like and i was like we were going through it and looking at the parts and even he was like this looks complicated Uh (laughs) like it sure does yeah well but sometimes it just sounds complicated you have to play it to figure it out all right life's complicated what you got for me b I haven't been paying too much attention to the news. Well, the biggest news just happened yesterday, right? Gypsy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's already blown up on all the platforms. Yeah. People are showing her so much love and support. And that's really nice to see. Yeah. And um, I guess when they went and picked her up, she had a full camera crew. So I'm assuming they're making some sort of documentary. Yeah. So that'll be interesting in the future. I will. Hope nothing but the best for Gypsy Rose. That's it. Like, it's just what a nice time in her life to be given the second chance like we were talking like she's not super old like she still has the opportunity to have a full life yeah for Mm -hmm. sure all right who else is living a full life the ig famous dog is coming in for our sports news this week oh good as he fetches courtside seats to the Laker Nick game. Oh, that's probably a hard game to get tickets to. Better seats than Sir Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> oh my God, Timothy Chevron. <laughs> so why is he famous? He's a IG famous dog. I have no idea. <laughs> Damn, dude, he probably He's Brody the Golden Doodle. So look him up and let me know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a doodle means he's hypoallergenic, probably. Yeah, that's probably why he was invited. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it wouldn't make people have allergies. But he can't eat peanuts. <laughs> All right. Be warned, men. Doctors say you're more likely to fracture your penis at Christmas. Oh. According to the experts at the Hospital of Munich, they analyzed data of over like 3,000 men who suffered penis injuries between 2005 and 2021. And so for whatever reason, whether it's the holiday spirit or the spirits getting to people. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, men are breaking their penises a lot between the 24th and the 26th. Damn, dude. It's rough. <laughs> uh. <laughs> if you're looking for a white Christmas this year, you might need to take a trip to Switzerland. Sure. Because they've decided that the war on drugs is a complete failure. Yes, this is what I've been saying. And they are heavily looking into selling cocaine for recreational use. Well, okay. I mean, (laughs) fine. That's a little bit further than I was going to take it. Hey, if 
Oregon's going to legalize everything. I'm I'm definitely pro I'm pro legalizing everything that yeah. doesn't hurt other people. Right. Now, if you're high yeah, and yeah. you have to hurt somebody or rob something or do whatever to get your fix, then you need to go down for that. For sure. But if you're just going to sit in your own home and do cocaine and not have bother anybody, yeah. like, why is that illegal? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, I just have a ton of Christmas horror movie reviews. A ton? Well, like four. Um, I don't have any great reviews, but I am watching... <laughs> I don't think it's the latest season. It's the latest season on Netflix, Married at First Sight. Oh. And it's 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 turning out to be a pretty good season so far. Drama. I haven't even left the honeymoon yet. Ooh. Big time. I don't know how. Are you up to date on Married no. at First Sight? Mm-mm. They officially, I have, I think, maybe the most annoying person they've ever found. It's I can't even get into it because I know I'll talk way too long about yeah, it. Yeah. But she is so annoying. Who are our mentors? or The same. They are? Okay. Yeah, the same. And then there was, this is why the show would have been, I guess, good for me if I was single, is because one of the guys on there, physically, I recoil from him. Yeah. He's nothing that I look for physically yeah. in a partner, but he's got the best fucking personality. And I'm like, damn. You're like, I'm falling for he's him the greatest. on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so it. So that's fun. But yeah, the newest, the newest season so far has been a little crazy. Exciting. Mm-hmm. And it's on Netflix. Yep. Oh. It's the newest one on Netflix. Great. And then just a quick, <clears throat> I don't know, callback to last week's episode or last episode that we recorded. Right. I hate to rain on everybody's Goodfellas parade. Oh, no. But the scene when they're cooking in prison and they're shaving down the garlic so thin with a razor blade yeah. that it dissolves into oil. Yeah. I think, was it Jimmy Kimmel? One of the talk show hosts asked Martin Scorsese about yeah. that. And he said that that does not happen in real life, that that's just bullshit. He thought it sounded good for the movie. I mean, it for sure does. It sounds great. But apparently a lot of people since think then have that been you trying could to do get that? it thin enough and that it it'll won't just dissolve into the oil. Why won't it dissolve? But Marty Scorsese says that... It just was to sound good. Oh, well, sure fucking did. It, did. it sounds yeah. delicious. <laughs> I guess you could just get a garlic infused oil. But That's a fun fact. Probably hard for prison. Yeah. Sometimes if I just have leftover like chopped up garlic that I didn't use, I'll throw mm-hmm. it in a little mason jar and top it off with the oil. And yeah. Delish. Mm-hmm. All right. Hit me with your reviews. First one off the bat. Red Christmas. Don't even bother talking about it. It's, it's just a no. It's just a no. Okay. I've never heard of it. So that's good. good. Yeah. You're doing yourself a favor. This next one I've seen on my TikTok for like the last couple Christmases probably. You'd recognize the cover. It's like Santa and Krampus look like they're about to fight. <laughs> you know what's crazy is I would not recognize <laughs> that cover. But yeah, I hear you. It's called A Christmas Horror Story. And it's trick-or-treat fashion where you've got all these little mini stories happening throughout and it all comes to like this final ending. Yeah. The little mini stories are eh. Um it's got William Shatner in it as like a radio host. So that was fun. That's always a plus. And the ending is a pretty big surprise. Great. So will I put it in my rotation like is it something i want to watch every year no but i am glad that i watched it and you know it, ex- it exists exactly there might come a point in your life where it'll be just the right thing it could 
You never know. <laughs> and surprising news. Something I never would imagine being the right thing. <laughs> I told Bobby this the other night because he had to wake up early. And so it's like, well, we don't want to stay up too late. And I'm like, I've got the perfect movie for us. Mm-hmm. We finally did it. The mean one. Oh. I'm like, Bobby, this is going to be this garbage. This an ongoing thing with the podcast. I'm like, this is going to be horrible. How did you find it? Nick got it. This was his Christmas <sighs> miracle to me. Okay. Um, we loved it. Yeah. Like solid nine out of ten. Whoa. Uh, Bobby immediately caught on to like the references to the book, like the way he's crawling on his little tippy toes. Mm-hmm. The rhymes yeah. were incredible. The acting was bad in the best way where mm-hmm. it kind of felt a little bit like a Hallmark movie. There's like a love yeah. story. The silliness of it. Like Cindy you know who from newville Mm -hmm. and they can't say the grinch so that's why he's called the mean one Mm. and anytime someone tries to say grinch this bartender lady's all like finch (laughs) so is it violent yes okay yeah not for kids no No. (laughs) it's everything so it's in the new rotation huh absolutely how exciting i look forward to watching this i can't again and again um but yeah so i feel like the money like for the budget too they couldn't have had much of a budget oh and i told bobby how upset i was that they were supposed to release it as a gift to horror fans mm-hmm. and blah 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 and just like you immediately he's all like yeah they fucking grinched yeah, you. Grinched. yeah. He, uh-huh. he, grinched he got it he fucking got it mm. well grinch one winnie the pooh blood and honey Zero. Did no, exactly. <laughs> i can't wait to see what else they're gonna make one last one so the one we did a group watch with Nick last night. So my husband is currently staying at his sister's Napa farm style house. Okay. So he's alone in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. In this barn style house. Yeah. And he's sitting in the living room to watch this movie with us. And the living room has giant windows that look out into the nothingness. Yeah. And there's no blinds. And the movie we decided to watch was There's Something in the Barn. Oh, perfect. <laughs> That's so funny. And then the gummy sank in for him. And apparently in the middle of the night, there was a hawk on the porch. And he- <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, so Something in the Barn is like Norwegian barn elves. Oh. Mm. And they don't like <clears throat> loud noises. Fair. Or bright lights. Okay. Or really people. So uh, so when the people move onto the property and they want to turn the barn into like an Airbnb or whatever, they decide to throw a Christmas party in the barn. And that really pissed off. Doesn't go well. Mm, nope. And then there's like a whole army of zombie elves. Oh. Yeah. How exciting. What a movie. <laughs> that one I'd give like a C plus. Yeah. But yeah. I appreciate the concept, though. The, but I won't lie. The Christmas barn elves was pretty fun. And, like, what a, what an idea to come up with. Yeah. Yeah, you know how hard it is to come up with new ideas that yeah. haven't been done before? Uh-huh. So Absolutely. fantastic. Yep. I my, really liked the cop. Surprise, surprise. Of all the characters in the movie, the cop was my favorite. Okay. She gave me, like, Fargo vibes. Yeah. Where she didn't take anybody really seriously. Yeah. And uh, because they're not, because they're in Norway, they keep... Yeah, like, well, where's your gun? And she's like, we're not fucking in America. Where you just shoot everybody in the face. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, she was my favorite. So, yeah, 
Follow so, la la la, fuckers. <laughs> Something you'll appreciate, my client who I absolutely love and I aspire to be like one day, um, is just having a really, really hard Christmas this year for a variety of reasons. And I was doing her hair and she was talking about when her kids were little because her kids are all grown now how she w- would love to tell them fairy tales but like the real fairy tales like yeah. the original fairy tales the scary ones. and the original like irish folklore and like yeah. they would do all those traditions they would go into the woods and leave stuff for the fae and whatever right yeah. so she's super into all that and i was like oh well then you should I basically brought up Krampus and she didn't know what Krampus was. So I explained it to her the best I could. She's looking it up on her phone. She's like, this is perfect we because her kids her are Christmas. grownups. Mm-hmm. She's not going to, there's no more Christmas surprises for her kids. If when I tell you she made her own Krampus costume that included real fur. Oh yeah. She went to the butcher and got a real goat's head like a skull yeah and there's horns involved i didn't know you could do that well she lives out in the country yeah. so she probably like knows like, somebody I go, I go downtown i'm like can i, <laughs> can I, can I go down now nah, she lives out in the sticks but yeah cool. and she put together a real life krampus costume yeah. and then scared the shit out of her college age sons for christmas incredible and now they have because two of her sons are roommates her youngest son's at home because he's only 18 but her two sons who are roommates have it like hanging on their living room wall and they're trying to come up with names i'm like they should name it after their mother obviously oh my god <laughs> incredible so yeah there you go look at a all krampus these christmas boys out there making their mamas proud <laughs> these are some good ones yep uh all right, refill, and then we'll get into the case. Fuck yeah. I don't know. How bad do you need to cry? Right? I'm, give me an excuse. Girl, at work today, they just, I don't know what they put on. They put on like, my coworker said she had put on like a pop mix, but it was like okay. a 2000, like an early 2000s. So there was like kind of like pop country kind of thrown in there. Okay. And I'm mixing color. Mix, mix, mix. I, and I hear as I mix in color, which takes math, by the way. So you already know my entire brain is focused. But fucking the Tim McGraw song about his dying dad came on. And I'm like, Mm-mm. and so I come Mm-mm. out and I'll Google skip. And then I start doing hair, highlighting, highlighting. And then another fucking country song about kids growing up. And it's going to happen before you even blink your eyes. And what's even more touching i already have a hard time with songs about kids growing up quickly yeah but then there's like a whole part of the song where it's the dad talking to the grown daughter about her little kids talking about like don't blink you'll miss this and i'm like nope if we play one more song about dying dads or kids growing up i'm gonna fucking normally what i would say is I'll, i'll open a vein but i was i had people around me so i'm like i will flee i will leave the salon we have got to change it do you guys want me to cry in front of you You're all? Like, I need Christmas trap music immediately. <laughs> anything. Anything else but dying dad music. Oh my I God. am not in the headspace for this, people. That's so good. <laughs> Anyways. Speaking okay. of dying people. <laughs> back to the regular scheduled programming. I am not leaving that in there. <sighs> all right. So if you want to play along to our THC drinking game, patent pending, Take a drink of whatever you're drinking, no matter what it is, or a hit if you're smoking something. Who are we to judge? Nope. Anytime we mention a past THC episode, a badass big sister, an episode of our all-time favorite detective show, Monk, we spill something, we cheers, 
or if we finish each other's sentences. Bonus drink when you hear us name the episode, which we don't know when we do. Only you know when we name it. So that's a bonus drink just for y'all. There you go. We'll just wait for Bailey. Always. That's my routine. Everyone will wait for me. So for Christmas, we're finally busting out kind of a big case. I guess it's a big case for me for a lot of reasons. One, it is pretty close to a hometown case for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not as close as uh, the Zodiac Killer was, but it's definitely more recent than the Zodiac Killer. Right. We weren't around for the Zodiac Killer. Um, We're doing, obviously, the Lacey Peterson case. What movie did you watch? The Perfect Husband. 2004 right um so the reason the other reason that this is personal is i remember we were young adults when this happened yeah and this was kind of like the so it happened i wasn't really paying attention to when the actual coverage was happening yeah but then it must have been it must have been a year later or so because I remember wrapping presents. Maybe I was wrapping Christmas presents. Maybe I was wrapping birthday presents for one of my siblings. But I definitely remember wrapping presents. And like a 2020 special or something came on. Uh-huh. And it did a deep dive. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't realize that the people they were talking about, it was happening so close to where we were. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. What is this? Mm-hmm. And I paid attention to that. And then I remember being in beauty school when the verdict got read out and like it was, I believe a Saturday cause it was really busy. We were all taking clients okay. and like the, the owner of the beauty school stopped everything and put the radio over the loudspeaker. Cause she yeah. was like the verdict's getting read. Yeah. And I remember it being read and I remember everybody cheering cause we all just knew that he was guilty. Yeah. For whatever reason in your gut, whatever we just knew he was guilty. And it definitely reminds and me. And you want, the resolve you want to feel like you got the bad guy yeah and it definitely made me it reminded me a lot of my mom and my grandparents being glued to the tv for the oj simpson trial so that's what i was thinking about the whole time i think i was in the fifth grade and they did the same shit they brought in a little tiny tv (laughs) for fifth graders yes that's wild yes it's ingrained in my brain. Yeah, no, I remember watching. I don't remember watching the verdict, but I remember watching the trial incessantly at my grandparents' house. Yeah. And then I think about those kids that watched the spaceship that exploded. Yeah, the Challenger. Mm-hmm. So this, for me, I guess, was kind of my first like toe big. dip into true crime. Yeah, yeah. Because that 2020 special, like, I was enthralled by it. I didn't realize at the time that there was so little evidence. Like I thought that we were all so sure he was guilty. I kind of just assumed it was a concrete case. Okay. And I can't wait to present to you my findings. I say my findings. I know. I did. Detective. Um, I can't wait to present them to you because I guarantee you the movie you watched being in 2004 Painted, painted this him. guy like a fucking monster. For sure. They Spoiler alert. Hated yeah. Scott Peterson in 2004. This poor guy. Well, I mean, not really, but just like. It the, might be a poor I, guy. We, what if he's oh, innocent? Oh my God. I'm so excited. I never would have thought of this plot twist. Now. This whole time, I'm just like, fuck this guy. Right. 
Me too, back in 2003. Yeah. But now I feel like it's very interesting. Okay. The first thing I ever heard that opened my eyes to this possibility was I did listen to an episode of a Crime Junkie like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And they really brought forth the idea that there could be a flip side to this coin. So I will do my best to follow in their footsteps a bit. However, I am not saying he's innocent. We don't know. Shit. I'm just yeah. saying at the very least, I feel like we can collectively agree to possibly not a fair trial. Yeah. And everyone is has the right to a fair trial. Mm-hmm. Right. But listen, if he killed his pregnant wife, then fuck that guy. Of course. Fry him. Obviously. But I don't know, man. <gasps> I feel like we've put we've put people away for. Whatever. Anyways, I mean, we've let people go for how way less circumstantial. I never would have saw this coming. I thought this was just going to be an easy fuck this guy. Merry Christmas, like a Chris Watts. Yeah. No. Okay. I don't do it. I don't feel like it is. You get to tell me when I'm done. Let's go. I will tell you. I have almost more notes than I've ever taken. And what else do you see, B, that I've ever had before? Highlights in different colors. So like we've got highlighters. Yes. And it's in the book. Yes. It's in the book. It is in the official gifted and curse monk book that you gave me for our second year anniversary the true ogs know that only the highest profile cases go in here so why did this case get such extra effort with the colors because when i was writing down my notes their names are abbreviated to lp and sp and i was worried that when i was drinking it would i don't know i I thought i was gonna lose track sure with the initials yeah so LP is Lacey Peterson. Yeah. So she's highlighted pink. SP. SP is blue. Yeah. The yellow are my side notes that I wanted to make sure I remembered to say. Gotcha. That you don't gloss over. Normally, mm-hmm. there are things that I would like ad lib. Yep. But I'm like, no, I want to make sure that I have these thoughts. I'm going to give you the bare bones of the case um, to the best of my ability with my little side notes thrown in there. And then at the very end, we will go through yeah. what the like people who are trying to appeal Scott Peterson's verdict have Look to say. Look at you with a real podcast episode. I We've tried. got notes. I got We've notes. Got... I got highlight. I knew you would love the highlight. This is a case. This is a case. Dang. I want to put on a blazer. <laughs> <laughs> I got everything from a Rolling Stone article. An article in the Modesto B local newspaper to the Bay, um, an article on CNN, Wikipedia, scottpetersonappeal.org, and I watched all six episodes of A&E's docuseries, The Murder of Lacey Peterson, okay. which just came out a couple years ago, and they do a great job of giving you both sides. I was going to ask how dated all these materials were. I'm not like sure about saying, the other articles, mm-hmm. but I know for sure that that A&E one is more recent. It shows you both possibilities. Cool. Oh my gosh. I'm so interested. Oh, and I wanted to bring up the fact that this very easily could have been our case for Gone Girl. Oh yeah. And the only reason we didn't do it for Gone Girl was because we had a woman who lives close to the town we live in now who faked her own kidnapping. I can't remember what episode that was. Yeah. And that just seemed like too good of an opportunity. It's one of my favorite episodes. Um and I knew for a fact that Lifetime had made a Lacey Peterson yeah, movie. Of so course. it felt like use Gone Girl for whoever Panini. Mm-hmm. And then we'll use the lifetime for Lacey Peterson. But Ben Affleck's character is very much based on Scott Peterson. Yeah. And there are things that happen in the movie that are straight out of real life. Yeah. So that's fun, too. It is. A little pod side fact. 
Lacey Denise Rocha was born May 4th, 1975. Her parents are dairy farmers, and Lacey and her older brother Brent have kind of just your normal farm childhood. Fun. In Northern California. Her parents do divorce when Lacey's a toddler, and mom Sharon moves the kids to Modesto, which is an hour and a half from where B and I grew up mm-hmm. in the town of Walnut Creek. Dad still lives on the farm and the kids visit him on weekends. Everybody's very amicable. Very. Thank you. I was trying to think of the word. Um, her mom remarries a man named Ron and he's there from the time the kids are pretty young and he helps raise the kids too. Lacey is outgoing and pretty. She's got dark hair and olive toned skin. And the thing that always catches my eye is this huge megawatt smile. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's gorgeous. And I would, uh, the things I would give to have a smile like that. Absolutely. She is really smart and popular, gets great grades. She's a cheerleader. And eventually she goes to, I just wrote down Cal Poly because that's what we call it. What is it really called? California Poly. San Luis Obispo. That's where it is. Oh. But it's like the California Poly School of, School of Institutional Technology. <laughs> B and I don't know because we did not go to Cal Poly. Fuck no. But I can tell you that Cal Poly is a great school known for engineering, really. And it's a hard school to get into. I've never even been to San Luis Obispo. What? I know. You would love it. Because it has a pier. Um, Isn't that like mm. Southern California vibes? No. It's like between uh, here and Southern California. It's below Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. I just mean like. Attitude wise, like, am I going to get like, no, 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 attitude wise. It's very much um, Monterey. I'm down with that. Okay. It's coastal. It's not Northern California, but I think they call it like the central coast. See, I think I always just associated it with Southern California and that's why I had zero interest. So to me personally, and I know I'm going to get some flack for this. I really count SoCal as being like LA down. Yeah. This is Central Coast. So this is like Slow, which is San Luis Obispo, Morro Bay, um, Monterey, Santa Cruz. I consider, oh, um, what's the other big party school down there? It starts with a B. (sighs) Come on. With a B? It's a huge party school. Santa Barbara. Oh, Santa Barbara. I'm like, with a B? I'm like, Bodega Bay. (laughs) Bodega Bay is down there. Santa Barbara. Yeah, yeah, that's all like Central Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they all have very similar vibes, but they're not Southern California. Okay. Well, there we go. Another fun fact for me. So she gets into Cal Poly and she is there for horticulture. Mm-hmm. So she loves being outside. She loves being in her garden. She's a she's a gardening, dirt-loving gal. She's got a green finger, thumb. Yes, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Scott Peterson is born October 24th. And 70 something who knows he's from san diego he has six siblings but they're from his parents previous marriages okay so we're talking brady bunch here. yeah scott's the only child of both of his parents together wow and he's the baby that's but, definitely not the favorite <laughs> but again normal kid nice family mm-hmm. very similar upbringing to lacy um, he also ends up going to Cal Poly. He's an agriculture business major. And he works at a restaurant in Morro Bay, which is right next to San Luis Obispo. 
And Lacey's there a lot because her friend is his coworker, and she likes what she sees when she sees Scott, and she gives him her number. Dang, go girl. Make the move. Scott, of course, calls her. They start dating, and not too far away from that, Lacey tells her mom, quote, I met the man I'm going to marry. Incredible. They're married in 1997, and they open up a sports bar in San Luis Obispo called The Shack. My dream. Which, again, I know it's not the exact same thing, but kind of reminds me of Gone Girl, right? Mm, he had the bar. He had the, the bar. Mm-hmm, the rundown bar where he'd go and hide from his wife and drink. <laughs> but they did not keep that bar. They sold it so they could move to Modesto and live closer to Lacey's family. They buy a cute house in Modesto in the nice part of town. Lacey's a substitute teacher. And Scott has always dreamt and had a real chance at being a pro golfer. Mm. He's real good at golf. But he puts his dreams aside to settle down with Lacey and do the married guy thing and become a fertilizer salesman. Okay. He sells shit. Yeah. But hey, farmers need it. Uh, We use it. That's right. He makes great money, though. Okay. He's averaging There's about... There's money in shit, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. There's money in dirt. I guess, People yeah. sell dirt. Yeah. Um, He makes about $5,000 a month, which in today's world would be about $9,000 a month. I will so do that's, it. That's a nice chunk of change. I will do it. Side note. I have lots of side notes I'm highlighted. I'm so excited. Side note. Um... There are rumors swirling after everything starts popping off that they were in great financial trouble. And maybe that's why he did what he did. Um, But that is not true. They were not in any financial trouble. That is just people spreading rumors. They were perfectly fine financially. Way to clear that up. 2002. Lacey is pregnant with a baby boy. Due February 10th, 2003. They've already named him Connor. They're both great with kids. They both have nieces and nephews, and they're both all in. They're excited to be parents, and everything seems perfect. Until December 23rd, 2002, Christmas Eve Eve. Lacey's now about eight months pregnant. They go to Lacey's sister's hair salon so Scott can get a haircut. And her sister teaches her how to curl her hair with a flat iron, mm-hmm. which as a hair person, I can tell you back in 2002, this the idea of curling your hair with a flat Crazy. iron is cutting edge yeah, technology in right. the hair world. Mm-hmm. The family, Lacey's family is planning like a Christmas Eve get together. Yep. And Scott offers to pick up a fruit basket that his sister-in-law had ordered because he plans on golfing in the morning and the golf course is right near the fruit basket shop sure so he'll pick it up for her on the way home what is with fruit and christmas well b back in the day when fruit was hard to come by okay it was like a special thing to get fruit for christmas really yes didn't you ever read little house on the prairie i mean i know they made me read it did i read it (laughs) <laughs> I can't speak for like England and other more established countries, mm-hmm. but I know like the frontier of America. Yeah. And I guess this is true of like Victorian England and stuff, right? Like it's not because remember the um, 
who's the Ripper? The Jack. Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Remember, he would like lure people with grapes. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. Because they were like grapes. True that. <laughs> oh my god. Like that's money. Something with vitamins. Okay. So. I think fruit was hard to come by. Okay. I know that in the U.S. when people were doing their frontier shit, yeah. it was like you got an orange in your stocking and that was like, and we, oh shit, Now we do orange? those little chocolate oranges. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah. Because my boss this year, he'd sent people really fancy individually like gold foil wrapped David and Henry or Harry and David pears or whatever. Okay. Right. And he was so stoked on it. Yeah. Like he's like, that's a I feel like fucking, it's just a pear, huh? I, right. I'm like, if I got sent a package of pears, I'd yeah. be like, what am I going to do with this shit? Yeah. I think it's because we're so jaded to our a free pear. access. <laughs> if you were a small hungry child oh on the frontier of America and yeah. the early 1800s, you'd wow. be like, Oh my God, a fucking pear. You know, well, coal for me next year. <laughs> Damn. Well, I think that. that's. I think that might be where it kind of stems from. <sighs> that makes a it's lot like of tradition. sense. Yeah, yeah. But also a fruit basket. I mean, that's better than a gilded pear. Yeah, just. Give, I do like a fruit. I like an edible arrangement. See, I don't. Have you ever had one? My mom got me one once. And the fruit wasn't amazing. I mean, it was, but I can only eat so much fruit, and then well, when you it share goes with bad, others. yeah. I mean, I know you're an only child, but what you do is you share with other people. (laughs) Then it's the gift of sharing, too. (laughs) That's right. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I know that any of the edible arrangements that I've had the privilege of eating had the fruits been really good. It was. It was top notch. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're fucking expensive, though. Believe me. That's I think that's also why I'm like, you could have spent that money on something I could reuse. You could have gotten me shoes. Right. (laughs) But you gave me something to eat. That's going to give me more calories than it if I just had a and bottle of wine. And you don't like fruit that I much. Don't. So that's the problem. Mm-hmm. She should have gotten you a vegetable arrangement. Fucking give me a bottle of ranch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a bottle of mayonnaise. Anyways. Back home, Lacey is on the phone with her mom around 8.30 p.m. And this is the last known person to talk to Lacey besides Scott. December 24th, Christmas Eve. They both wake up early. This is all according to Scott now. Because right? now no one else has ever seen No one has sense. eyes on her. They're both up early. They watch an episode of Lacey's favorite show, Martha Motherfucking Stewart. Hell yeah. And he notes that it's an episode about meringue. Meringue. Which I also don't like. God, another baked Alaska. <laughs> then Lacey's plan for the morning is to mop the floors walk the dog and then get ready for the Christmas party thing. Scott's plan is to go golfing. What a fucking guy On answer. Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah. Great. But he decides it's too cold to go golfing and he decides to go fishing instead. That makes no sense. It. I have a side note. Oh, I God. have a side note. Thank God. Please. So what does that not make sense to you? Because the water is cold and wet. Okay. And if well, he's not swimming. Yeah, but He's still, it like splashes. Okay. Now, people will say that, Eric, I've heard people literally say this, that real golfers go golfing regardless. Yeah. And that it doesn't make sense for him to cancel. The term fair weather golfer. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. my husband works at a golf course. Yeah. And I can tell you because I looked it up okay. that that day it was 
30 degrees in the morning, you have frost delays for golfing. If it is too frosty or if it's too wet, they won't let you golf until everything dries out a bit. Okay. Um, So there is, I have a theory that it could have been a frost delay situation because that is a real thing that happens on golf courses. Okay. The next thing I want to mention is the fact that he plans on fishing in the Berkeley Marina, which is an hour and a half from Modesto. And as you well know, Bailey, the Bay Area is nothing if not microclimates. So just yeah. because it's cold and frosty in Modesto it doesn't mean Berkeley is going to probably be a little cold, but like probably kind of foggy. That's and yeah. a little bit warmer because mm-hmm. of the fog. Yeah. So that's where my brain goes. OK. So you look at these. These are the facts that need to be considered. Mm-hmm. OK. 8.40, Lacey logs into the house computer. She does some online shopping for about five minutes. She logs back off. And we know it's her because they have different users. We That's why we think it's hers, although nobody ever did a computer analysis of it. Yeah. So we're just assuming that yeah. it's her, mm-hmm. but who knows? 9.50, Scott leaves for his warehouse where he keeps like his work stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's about nine minutes away. 10.08, we know he's at the warehouse because he's now responding to emails from his work computer. Okay. And he's also looking up instructions on the internet of how to build this new wor- woodworking machine that he just got. There is about 40 minutes or so that are unaccounted for. But when they search his warehouse eventually they do find the woodworking machine assembled so the time so one would assume that if he had looked up instructions and, and then had nothing for 40 minutes he was, he was building. putting together the woodworking machine uh-huh. but who knows and i wasn't there right he could have gotten it already assembled and then used that as an excuse for i mean minutes. he could be a criminal fucking mastermind it's true but he had to have left the warehouse by 1120 ish because he then parks at the Berkeley Marina, which is one and a half hours away Mm -hmm. and has a receipt showing that he parked there at 1254. Right. He fishes from about one to two and then he packs it all up. He calls Lacey from his truck around 215, leaves her a voicemail, leaves her a message on the home message machine um, basically just telling her he's on the way home. He can't pick up the basket because he ended up going fishing instead of golfing. And, you know, hopefully she gets the message and she can get the basket. Okay. That something about this is also weird to me. So you're telling me homeboy drove fucking like two hours, two plus hours. Hour and a half each way. Yeah. But where do you want him to go fishing from Modesto? No, no, no. Just to fish for an hour? I know. It is weird. That's very suspicious. Like, who goes fishing for an hour? I've, I have so no idea. So that, to me, is just a little... I agree. Yeah, to drive an hour and a half out of the way. Yeah. That's definitely a red flag situation, and mm-hmm. uh, that okay. is suspicious. That was it. Yeah, he definitely has a lot of suspicious shit. Yeah. For sure. Um, is that bottle empty? No. No, I agree with you. I the It feels weird to only fish for an hour and drive okay. that far. Good. Yay. But, you know... Anything's possible. Christmas Eve at the in-laws. Maybe he's trying to get the fuck out of there. I've been there. That could be a possibility. Right? Like, I'm going to go to the store for milk (laughs) three hours later. By 4.30, 
He's got the boat back at the warehouse. He's home. Lacey's car is in the driveway, but she's not home. He finds their dog in the backyard with his leash still on. And even though she's not home, he's not totally suspicious. He assumes that she is with her mom, who has been known, especially with her being so pregnant, to come like pick her up. I don't know how I would feel finding my dog with the leash still on. The leash is a weird touch. I yeah. would definitely feel weird about that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I would like to note that just because they had cell phones, this is 2003, it still wasn't constant communication like it is now. People, like just, even if you had one, it wasn't always on. It wasn't something we you always... We were texting each other no. constantly. So it's not crazy to think that just because you have cell phones you haven't actually been in communication yet he strips his clothes off throws them right into the washing machine and takes a shower okay now this is a point of suspicion for people and police and that is what i would like to say this to me out of everything least suspicious thing he does after fishing is if you were actually fishing fishing, yes fishing's gross no matter what he was actually at the berkeley marina around fish and ocean life yeah it smells and again i don't care even if it was warmer it's still fucking wet it's like and Lacey's pregnant yeah do you know how listen if you guys have never been you bring in that smell in the house the smell your your smell sense when you're pregnant is so strong and i'm like I would fucking kill my husband to find if those he clothes came laying in a pile. Into my house, smelling like f- you're gonna come in here smelling like fish. Sit on my fucking couch. Yeah. What are you crazy? Mm-hmm. No, this to me, stripping down, getting his clothes in the watch, least suspicious thing he does. And he also brings up the good point that at his warehouse are like Tons chemically of- type stuff that he wants to get off his body because she is pregnant and like probably wood shavings. Yeah. And, yeah. So this least suspicious thing. Yeah. Out of the shower, 5.15, finally calls his mother-in-law, Sharon. Lacey's not with her. And nobody at this point has seen or heard from Lacey all day. He starts knocking on neighbors' doors. No one has seen her. And uh, her mom and stepdad get there as soon as possible. And her stepdad and Scott each call the police around 6 o'clock. The detectives get there. They find Lacey's car, obviously there, and all of her stuff, her purse, her keys, her wallet, etc. This very much is reminding me of the Watts case. Absolutely. The detectives are immediately suspicious of Scott. He is, quote, too polite yet arrogant. Strange combination of disaffectedly distant and impatiently irritable. He just didn't seem like a man who was crushed or even greatly disturbed by his wife's disappearance and possible death. Cue Ben Affleck. However, we're talking, uh, he's been home for a couple hours, like an hour and a half or whatever. First of all, who's saying death? Not after an hour. Don't you think that if he was hysterical and crying that his wife was probably dead, that would be more suspicious? Just like the John Bonet. Right. They were like over the top. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's the opposite of that. Is it possible that he's focused on trying to figure out what's going on? And is it possible that you being in his face and his wife 
not being missing and his in-laws being there he's kind of an asshole you just described my husband i have it in my yeah. fucking you notes. just painted it perfectly. in my notes it's my husband parentheses how would nick <laughs> handle police in his face and not helping to look for you deadpan just dead in the face he would not physically be there he would be inside his body yes yeah i love that i put nick in there because yeah. that's exactly who i thought no, of. That you painted it because he would be focused, which would make him seem like an asshole. Well, but he's just trying to figure something and out. And none of them would be listening to him. And they would be interrupting mm -hmm. him. And he would fucking lose it. And he would look like a guilty motherfucker. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Yep. Cheers to Nick. Yay. Cheers to all the husbands who are kind of assholes. But get <laughs> because, shit done. Yeah. Because they'd be on it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love it. Imagine him just beside himself on the couch crying. <laughs> Like after an hour and a half. And then my other point was hysteria never fucking helps anything. No. Hysteria is not going to help you find shit. Mm -mm. Like as far as we know, air quote, we know she's missing. So yeah. how do we fucking find her? Yeah. The police and the media, Scott never reacts the right way for them. He's never hysterical enough. He never says the right things. He just never reacts the way that they think he should. Yeah. What he does do is give the police a detailed report of his whereabouts that night with evidence to back it up, like receipts and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Again, a great example of this he can't win is he has the marina receipt and the police detectives say that's suspicious that he would provide that. But then he had stopped for like gas and like snacks or whatever. Didn't give that and receipt. he didn't have that receipt. And they're like, it's suspicious <clears throat> that you didn't have that receipt. And it's like, well, Okay, so wow. it's suspicious no matter what I tell mm -hmm. you. And he also gives the police, of course, full access to their house, to the computers, to the phones, to the cars. Look at whatever you need to look to. Yeah. Let's get the search moving. Okay. Next day, a full-scale search is, is kicks off. We have helicopters. We have police on horseback. We have canine units. We have water search and rescue. We have 30 different police officers, dozens of fire department people who are those firefighters, yeah. <laughs> countless friends and family, no sign uh -huh. of Lacey. There is a neighbor, Karen, who that's her actual name, right? Who Poor finds Karen's. she reports that she had found their golden retriever, Mackenzie, wandering around the neighborhood on Christmas Eve morning with her leash still on. That was around 1030 a.m., Karen returns her, I don't know if Mackenzie's a boy or a girl. Anyways, returns the dog to the Peterson's backyard, shuts the gate, and kind of, it was just no big deal to her. Yeah. She didn't realize that it could be a thing until Lacey turned up missing. Mm -hmm. So she reported that to the police. Right. I'm at, how many times did Stella get out? Now, yeah, your, your dog. Now, and how many times did I return her to your fucking No, that's game? what I'm saying. People would return her without letting us know all the time yeah. because at that point it was like such a regular occurrence. Again, though, the leash still being on Mackenzie that I yeah. is weird. Mm -hmm. um, and now remember, we have evidence that Scott was for sure at his warehouse, logged into his computer at the time that Karen claims to have found Mackenzie wandering around the neighborhood with her leash on so here's my only thing in my head it's like we know for sure someone was there uh -huh. do we actually have proof that it was scott like does he have to have a certain 
code to get in or like who would it be if it wasn't scott maybe he had someone else that was in on it who kept quiet this entire time which as we know in the podcast world has happened so regularly unless you get taken by aliens you're gonna end up narking on each other right (laughs) at this point scott finally has to make the phone call to his family in san diego um his dad says in the Annie special that Scott was very upset on that phone call just because he doesn't show his feeling. He's like kind of a private person just because he doesn't show his feelings to whoever Yeah, on the phone with his parents and his sisters. He's Mm. very upset. The, his family of course drops everything. It's to be noted that these families are very close. They love each other. Mm -hmm. They love each other's kids like their own. Scott's family loved Lacey and their soon-to-be grandchild, and they drop everything, and his whole fucking family comes up from San Diego to help figure this shit out. That is. That's a big point. Now, the police ask Scott if he wants to take a polygraph, and at first, Scott says, yeah, I'll take a polygraph. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But his dad, who just got here from San Diego, he says no. Stop talking and lawyer up. And now... The police are going to spin this like that's suspicious. But as we know, we a- well after know everything they've done from our previous episodes. This is the smart thing to do. Always. Polygraphs don't are super inconsistent. Thing. They don't prove anything. That's why you can't use them in court. And you need to have a lawyer yeah. before you talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's just because everything he said up into this point has already been twisted. Right. December 26th. So we're talking about two. This has all happened in two, two days. days, really a day and a half. Mm-hmm. The first news team shows up outside of the Peterson house. Many are soon to follow. The family set up a search like headquarters. Volunteers are answering phone lines 24 hours. They get multiple calls from neighbors who saw a woman matching Lacey's appearance, walking a golden retriever on the morning of December 24th. After Scott had been known to have left his house and none of those are ever followed up by the police department. Yeah. The reward that they put out starts at 25,000, goes up to 250,000 and eventually up to 500,000. Nothing. Mm-hmm. No evidence to go off of. No leads. Although Scott is at the like search headquarters. Again, this is very like gone girl, right? Yeah. The like all of the the headquarters station yeah Yeah, the Mm -hmm. station he's there all the time but he doesn't seem quote interested enough for the police's liking yeah the police ask air quote asks scott for a second search of his house at first scott is like yeah but let me ask my lawyer first because he's not quite sure what the move is and the police go well we actually have a warrant and we're gonna do it regardless anyways the police to this day claim that that search wasn't actually to find evidence because guess what? Spoiler alert. They found zero evidence. Yeah. It was to gauge Scott's reaction and his reaction, although he asked for a lawyer, was calm. So I don't know what they gleamed from that other than the fact that he wanted to talk to his a lawyer, lawyer first. first. Yeah, that's suspicious. <laughs> now we have a media frenzy 
this is the beginning of the 24-hour news coverage mm. cycle, those 24-hour news channels mm-hmm. that we, it's such a part of our lives now. But back then it was kind of a new thing. And they kind of have to like feed the beast. Yeah. And succubuses like Nancy Grace. Oh, wow. Are totally taking advantage of Lacey's disappearance to become famous and to get ratings. And they just feed, 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 feed into it. Right. The police use Scott's denial, air quote denial, to search his house to paint him as uncooperative, which up until now he has not been uncooperative. Police admit that the media attention is too much for them and it's too much pressure. But at the same time, they are constantly feeding the media frenzy and the media pressure. Yeah. So, like, how do you think Scott and the Petersons and Lacey's family feel? Right. Like, how are they supposed to deal with this pressure? Of course. When he shows that he clearly doesn't like cameras and doesn't like reporters and doesn't want to deal with them... It's painted as um, a police officer says, why doesn't he want the attention? Another note I would like to bring up is Dennis Rocha, Rocha, Uh uh, Lacey's dad, is at a press conference with Lacey's mom and Lacey's brother. And he's losing it at these press conferences. He can't get his sentences out. He's so bereaved and crying and distraught. And he has every right to feel that way. And the media wants Scott to to also act that way. They're saying, look at how he's acting. This is how you should be acting. But you know what they never bring up is the fact that her mom, Sharon, is composed and focused. And we've talked about this on other episodes. At this point, Lacey is still missing and leave it to the fucking mom to be focused and ready to do whatever she has to do to find her fucking kid. And like nobody brings that up. Never. And nobody brings up the fact that like, why can't Scott be acting like that? Like you want him to be breaking down like her dad. But that's not good. Why is he? Why can't you paint him as like focused and trying to find Lacey like Mm -hmm. her mom is? Yeah. All right. Now we get to the candlelight vigil. Now, at the candlelight vigil, Scott is not, he does not talk to the crowd. He does not talk to the media. He does, however, help one of his nieces, like with her candle, and is kind of talking to his family. And because he's a good uncle or whatever you want to paint it, he's like kind of smiling at her and talking to his family. And that's the picture that's taken. And that's the picture that's put on the front page. That Scott Peterson is smiling and laughing through his missing wife's vigil. That's a direct scene. Direct scene. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's going to get even more direct. I do not know why people expect him to be hysterically crying 24 hours a fucking day. With his little niece? Well, you want to terrify her? Seriously. She's already scared. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Be breaking down crying on her shoulder? Mm -hmm. Anyways... Um, but the other thing he did at the vigil, which was sus AF, is he called his mistress. I was waiting for this. Thank goodness. Amber Frey mm-hmm. to wish her a happy new year from Paris, which is where he's at currently. Not at his missing wife's candlelight vigil. This is Paris. the part that doesn't make sense to me at all. How did he think that she would never see any of this? Because she's dumber than a bag of fucking rocks. 
that's how i can tell you right now this bitch is sorry well that's this this lady well that's why when you asked me so bluntly like well who else is gonna help him i was like the mistress and well apparently no because she's dumb as rocks no dude okay he's not gonna he's not gonna have an affair with like an intelligent well-balanced person it's i might cut this but i feel like a lot of affairs are with less mature women who have not fully developed their frontal cortex yet so they feel a certain kind of way they think that whatever this idiot is spitting out is so fucking intelligent and he gets his ego stroked by being like she listens to me and she thinks i'm so smart and i'm so funny and it's like because you're not probably any of those things dummy in her eyes right Mm -hmm. i feel like that's a lot of mistresses okay i'm not sure Luckily, I haven't met my husband. I was going to say, well, when I become one, I'll. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're too old and smart to be a mistress. That's what I'm saying. I know. God, could you You be a sugar mama? Broken ego. No, never. Never. (laughs) Never again. No. Nope. (sighs) Anyways. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The mistress. I love it. Finally. So. Scott meets Amber in November of 2002. Yeah, so right. Recently. Amber is a single mom and a newly massage therapist. And this thing is super casual. They've only been dating for about five weeks. At some point, Amber does ask him about like his Christmas plans, I think. And he tells her the truth, which is he was married, but he recently lost his wife. Mm Mm-hmm. And this will be the first Christmas without her. Wow. It's going to be pretty tough on him. Yeah. So he's going to have to spend it in Europe. So this is the part that's like the pill that's hard to swallow. Because he said that to her before Lacey went missing. Ugh. That's hard Ugh. to refute. Yeah. Now it takes genius Amber about a week to figure out that the guy in the fucking headlines is the same Scott Peterson she's Paris? dating. Yeah. But in all fairness, when she realizes it, she calls the police Mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. She agrees to record their phone calls. And she even ends up trying to trick Scott into confessing. But she gets nothing from him besides the fact that he's a fucking liar and a douchebag. But we already know that. Yeah. And that doesn't automatically make you a murderer. No. There's lots of men who are liars and And douchebags that don't murder people. January 5th, divers and sonar search teams search the Berkeley Marina and the San Francisco Bay. They find nothing in all 27 searches. Mm -hmm. The police at this point have no clues, no body, no leads, but they do have tons of media pressure. This is a small town police department who is not used to high pressure situations and they need to get a solve sooner rather than later Mm -hmm. and they are really pushing scott peterson as the suspect and they even do so by leaking information much of it false to the media to help feed this media beast and how do they get away with that shit that's so crazy i don't know january 24th day before your birthday Mm -hmm. amber has a press conference now scott and his family knew nothing about it Mm -hmm. the police did warn Lacey's family the day before who obviously did not know that he had a mistress. I can't imagine. <sighs> and Lacey's family 
turns on Scott instantly. They've been ride or die for They've him. They've been defending Scott this whole time. And it's a heartbreak. Instant turn on him. Duh. As well as obviously neighbors, friends, the whole town of Modesto. Your pregnant wife. Yeah. 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 It's an instant turn. Yeah. It's an instant fuck off. You're a murderer. If he had any public favor left. It's gone. It's gone. So since the affair is out in the open, Scott finally decides to talk to the media. He agrees to four interviews, three with local reporters, one with the queen the boss miss. bitch, mm-hmm. Diane Sawyer. It goes as well for Scott Peterson as it does for Ben Affleck and fucking Gone Girl. Yeah, it does. It's a shit <laughs> show. It is a shit show. It do- he does not come off well. No. It doesn't make him look good. Mm-hmm. He claims at one point that Lacey knew about the affair and that nobody knows their marriage besides them. Mm-hmm. This is obviously a fucking lie. And the public hates this motherfucker. Yeah. They are convinced he killed his wife. April 14th, 2003. We're getting ready to graduate soon in a couple Crazy. months. A woman's torso missing its limbs and its organs and its head washes up on the Richmond shoreline, which for the people not in the East Bay is right next door to the Berkeley Marina. Yeah. It's all the same. Next door neighbor. Same water. Mm -hmm. Same marinas. Hours before this, actually, the body of an unidentified male infant had also been found. And the police are thrilled because they do not have enough evidence to convict Scott Peterson without a body. Obviously. They have no evidence. The police immediately drive down to San Diego where Scott has been with the family. They have an arrest warrant, but they are told do not arrest him until the DNA of those bodies have been confirmed. So they decide to just follow him everywhere he goes in San Diego. Cool. They are following him in unmarked cars. So Scott thinks it's the media following him and he hates the media, as we all well know. Yep. So he drives like a maniac to try to evade them. Mm -hmm. And when he can't do that, he like flips them off and curses them out. So they finally have reason enough to arrest him for erratic driving and speeding. Oh, my gosh. When they arrest Scott, he has bleached his hair and his newly grown beard. In the car, they find $10,000 in cash, his brother's driver's license, Uh camping gear, and four cell phones. And they believe that he is trying to make a run for the border. Mm -hmm. The DNA in the bodies is confirmed that, yes, it is Lacey and Connor. April 21st. He is officially charged with two felony counts of murder with premeditation and special circumstances. Circumstances. He pleads not guilty to both. The trial kicks off June 1st, 2004. The Peterson family has hired celebrity lawyer Mark Garagos. I say celebrity because he's really well known. He's always on like talk shows he's always on like larry king and stuff and he's had a lot of high profile cases so again this is the tyler perry character in gone girl right Mm -hmm. 
This cost the family a whopping $1 million. I'm speechless. What? Their friends get together and they say, if you really believe Scott is innocent, sell the fucking farm. Not literally, but they mean like, give it all up to hire the best lawyer you can. And they do. A million dollars. A million dollar defense. Oh, Oh, I'm sick to my stomach. But it's worth it because this motherfucker comes out swinging and he hits hard. His whole point of view from opening whatever opening remarks Mm -hmm, that they make mm -hmm. is that you will not like my defendant. Nobody does. He's a fucking douchebag. We acknowledge this. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean he killed his wife. For sure. (laughs) That's all you can do at that point. I'll give you a couple trial highlights. I'm not going to go too into it. The prosecutors believe. uh, Oh, sorry. So the prosecutors have no physical evidence, no official crime scene, no signs of a cleanup, no confession, nothing to go off of besides the one thing they find is one piece of Lacey's hair at the warehouse. One Girl, I shed like a motherfucker. One. You, you I'm going to spend the night here tonight. You're going to find a oh. thousand hairs wherever I sleep. And you're going to take the same amount with you. Like, yeah. No. One. That even seems more suspicious. Like maybe it should have been a bunch. Why is there only one? Yep. <laughs> Despite Lacey's body being badly decomposed. And dismembered. Connor, the baby, is an almost perfect condition yeah he is not decomposed like his mother in fact he looks like a newborn baby and he's found with twine wrapped around his neck what? so the defense's theory that they're putting forth is that Lacey was actually held by some third party that we don't know the baby was cut out of her stomach because her cervix was still intact so she did not give live birth and that the baby was strangled And both bodies were dumped at the location where now the public knows that Scott Peterson had been seen and linked to. Expert witness, which is some doctor, says that the baby, I don't know the math he's mathing, but he says the baby hasn't been dead any earlier than December 29th, which is after, obviously, the disappearance happens. But he also melts down completely on the stand. So people are kind of taking him with a grain of salt. Wow. Now, what the prosecution say happens, their theory that they're going with is that Scott strangled Lacey at home the night before. So on the 23rd, put her body in the back of his truck and then into his boat and dumped her in the marina with five eight-pound homemade concrete weights, one on each limb and one on her head, which sunk her to the bottom. And as her body decomposed, because the weights were holding down her the head, head and, and limbs, her torso popped up. Okay. But again, the baby. Tw- 27 sonar searches, yeah, and they never found anything, anything. at the bottom. So, Okay. The uterus, which was still intact, kept the baby intact as well until the 
decomposition and the tides and waves were so violent that they made him like Wash pop out. out of the uterus. And it he had mechanomium mechanomium okay. in his bowels, which is the Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, the first stool produced yeah, yeah, yeah. after birth. Mm-hmm. So that was still in his bowels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was never their theory is he was never born into the world. Um and they feel like their theory is that the twine around his neck was just debris that got wrapped around. Which I mean I could see. Okay. The trial goes back and forth a lot. Scott's lawyer is on it. He picks apart the prosecution. He makes the investigators look fucking stupid and like liars. A couple examples of this is the fact that on the stand under oath, these investigators said that the Martha Stewart show that Scott mentioned did was not about meringue and that Lacey had never been to his warehouse or seen his boat. So why would her hair be there? Right after that, Scott's lawyer plays a tape of the Martha Stewart show, which shows that actually, yes, it was about meringue. And they bring up the fact that a witness, which is another person who rents out a warehouse space across from Scott's, directly across from Scott's, had met Lacey on December 22nd and had let her use her bathroom so Lacey had Had been been in the warehouse and it is not crazy to think that her hair would would be be there. However, the jurors already don't like Scott. Just going into the trial. Which was announced up front. Yes. So talk about getting, what's it called? A juror of peers or whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah, a fair trial. So a few jurors are cut for Mm -hmm. being found out for talking about Mm -hmm. the case. And there's a lot of the, uh, there's a lot of evidence that Scott's defense team, the judge does not allow it. So how could that possibly be a fair trial? Yeah. November 12th, 2004, despite zero factual evidence and zero, zero history of violence or trouble or law breaking of any kind, the jury finds Scott Peterson guilty of two counts of murder. December 13th, he is sentenced to death row. Afterwards, jurors talk about why they felt he was guilty was because of his demeanor his lack of emotion and his calls to his mistress after his wife's disappearance the mistress is the one thing where it's just like come on dude i know he's the worst now i will get into the list of things that the scott peterson innocent project bring to light okay and a lot of these are just to, at the very least, prove that Lacey was alive when Scott was to be found at the warehouse. But uh-huh. like you said, Amber could have been there logged in. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. We there is something in here that will counteract that. Oh, right. so this is just a quick little rundown. Um, first of all, the first red flags for the initial investigators on the scene at that first search that Scott had allowed them to do was that he had offered them water and gave them glasses of water and they just put it down on his furniture on his wife's furniture and he went around he didn't say anything he went around he put coasters under their drinks and then when they were in the driveway and they were going in and out of cars he 
wanted them to not they kept hitting his car with their doors and he was just kind of like could you not yeah just kind of like could we not do Can that we just watch out for the car they feel like that's suspicious to me that feels like one either a habit with the coasters because you're in shock and you go into like or again if you're expecting your wife to come home it's just polite to not put your drinks on people's furniture yeah. without knowing right? you were the first one when we got our new table you're like am i allowed to put something right. on here i'm like i don't know yeah it's a like, great do question I need a coaster? Yeah. what do i gotta do here <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, it's polite to not do that. But he didn't say anything. He just put coasters under them. And he's like, they're like, that's too suspicious. He should be hysterical. He shouldn't be thinking about coasters. I'm like, maybe his wife fucking has him trained to put coasters under shit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Scott claims, because he is a terrible liar, that he only was still talking to Amber after Lacey's disappearance because he knew that once they found out about the affair, that all the searching would stop okay. and all of the attention would go on him and his affair. So he was trying to keep it going and keep her from not being suspicious for as long as possible. But as we well know, Scott Peterson's a fucking liar. So you just take that with a whatever you want to take it with. So that's something that's almost to his advantage is because he's such a bad liar. Yeah. How he, did you keep up all these other shit? Like, all those other lies. Yeah. yeah it seems. This fucking it seems, dummy. It seems too complicated. That's for what him. I'm saying. Yeah. So I, I guess we'll go over in the end all yeah. the things he would have had to have done to set up this fucking perfect crime scene. plan. Yeah. This perfect plan. He was seen and spoke to. Many people at the marina Mm -hmm. who can corroborate the fact that he was there. His boat is very small. Like it's a it's it's like a dinghy. Yeah. So the idea that he had a body with five weights. I would sink the boat. (laughs) But they would also have seen it. They would have seen him move it from his truck to the boat. Mm -hmm. They would have seen it on the boat. He drove the drove the boat. He floated. No, you you drive a boat. boat. Pilot a boat. I don't know what you do. You drive it. He drove the boat past, there's like a lot of um, houseboats. Like he drove past a bunch of people in this little fucking dinghy. You think they wouldn't have noticed a, a big huge hunk of body? Yeah. yeah with and weights. These, mm-hmm. And so none of them saw anything. Of course, the police never followed up any of the witnesses at the marina. The bleached hair that was like a weird air quote disguise was a disguise from the this i believe the media was from the media the reason i believe it is because there's photos of him meeting with modesto police officers with the same shit and like obviously that wasn't to hide from them he showed up at the police station with looking that shit. like that he didn't want he was trying to be less traceable for the media okay. the shit that's less hard to believe is the fact the- the money and the so the driver's license he claims he was using his brother's driver's license to get a discount at the golf course Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you've got a stack of cash and the ten thousand dollars was because i guess he had shared accounts with his parents and then personal accounts his mom acts air quote accidentally took the money out of their shared account and so she was returning that to him in in cash. cash No, no mention of the four cell phones, of course. So that is still weird. <laughs> oh, my God. Again, in a time where cell phones aren't like. Right. 
Well, these are burners for no, sure. Yeah, you can't burners. like oh, like that one's for my job. No, and this that is one's like Seven Eleven burner hotline. Yeah. And like these are metros. Yeah. The police had found, had found. That's not. That doesn't feel right. Yeah, they had found or that they found. They had founded. <laughs> they found. They found it. It did. Concrete residue at the warehouse. Um. Scott admits to and shows them the homemade anchor he made with the concrete for his because the boat's new, by the way, for his new boat. Okay. But they were like, well, where's the rest of the concrete? Like you made this one anchor, but it's a, you know, where's the rest of the concrete in the bag? He claims that he took it to his house to fill in like a muddy puddle. And they were like, no, but like a hole. Right, that had now been kind of like mud and gravel. Oh, I and can dirt. think of a bunch of places to do that on the property. Yeah, and he was like, "They, sorry, they were like, nobody does that. That's not how you fix a hole." I would absolutely do that in your yard. Well, guess what? They went to his yard, and there was the fucking concrete, concrete in, in the hole. dirt. Yeah. It was all weird looking, but it's the side yard, so who cares? Girl, it fixed the problem. I would have done that in that chicken coop any day. Right. It's like the duct tape of the concrete world. Right? That's right. Like just <laughs> patch a hole. His lawyer recreated the the scene at the Berkeley Marina with the boat, the dinghy, the same type of boat. He made a hundred pound weight in the shape of a body, which is actually less weight because when she was eight months pregnant, pregnant I believe she was I want to say like 150 pounds. Yeah. So he actually did it with less weight, 100. Because that's just her. So then you need his weight and then the weights of the weight. Right. And so he made the weights, tied it to the fake body, and he got somebody about Scott's size to take the boat out and try to dump the body with these five concrete weights attached. He could not do it. He tried five times. All five times the boat capsized. Mm -hmm. That was not admissible in court. Why? Why? I can see why, because the lawyer hired someone to do it's it. It's an act. So it's like they could be Putting fake out. capsizing, yeah. but still. Okay. You would need like an unbiased third party to do it. Right. You don't know why you're being asked to go out and do this. It's for a movie. Right. The flat iron, her, Lacey's flat iron, when the... Uh, investigators came her flat iron was still plugged into the bathroom they have a housekeeper the housekeeper noted that it was not there the day before on the 23rd when she came in to clean which means Lacey plugged it in on the 24th to flat iron curl her hair like her sister taught her I was gonna say yeah because he got his hair done she didn't get she got her- a lesson uh-huh on the flat iron yeah. on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. So the 24th, when it's investigators got there, her flat iron is still plugged in mm-hmm. at her vanity, which one would assume means she was practicing. Yeah. Witnesses at, oh, so that witness at the warehouse I told you that when the Lacey bathroom. had to pee, mm-hmm. that was actually in a police report and then redacted. They crossed that out of the police report. Sure. Like it never happened. Irrelevant. Scott had told Lacey's mom on the 23rd when she was on the phone with him, I guess um, when Lacey was on the phone with her mom, Scott had jumped on there and had told her how cute Lacey looked in these new like blue PJs she just got and that she just looked very sweet, all pregnant, you know, in her PJs. 
Those PJs were found in the hamper by investigators, which would lead one to believe that she got up that morning and changed her clothes. Again, the prosecutors are saying that he killed her on the night of the 23rd. Yeah. So these are just like little things that lead us to believe that she She was was still alive on the 24th. And that, again, we've already made it our opinions clear that we think he's a dummy dum-dum. Yeah. Like he's going to put all of this shit into play. Mm -hmm. He's going to put the leash on the dog. Let the dog out. He's going to plug in the flat iron to look like she's flat. He doesn't even know what a flat. If I ask Nick to go get my flat iron. He'd be like, what? He's going to change her pajamas. He's going to do all this shit to perfectly set up. Right. Experts say that wildlife, despite what the prosecution says, wildlife, wildlife does not eat bones. So her head and limbs just disappearing. Sure. Wouldn't have happened. And tides do not rip babies from bodies. So that probably didn't happen either, according to experts. There are cadaver dogs that the prosecution or investigators probably had used. The cadaver dogs did trace Lacey's scent down the boat ramp. Weeks after she went missing in Bay Area coastal weather. So it's probably already rained multiple times, been foggy, been dewy, been muddy. Mm-hmm. But these dogs traced Lacey's scent weeks, weeks after. However, the item that they gave them to smell, Scott had also previously touched. So they're also smelling. and. Scott's lawyer brings up the great fact that those dogs, I don't know how he found this shit out. This is why he earns the million. Those dogs failed their certification test. So they're not even certified cadaver dogs. They're just random dogs. Oh, my God. Those dogs failed. That's so funny. for whatever reason, those cadaver dogs really stuck in jurors' memories. And a few jurors said that that was the smoking gun were these cadaver dogs. The fucking pineapple, man. Right. The smoking pineapple. The smoking Uh cadaver dogs. What the fuck, you guys? Scott's dad hires a private investigator. And this is back when they were still searching for Lacey and it was clear that the police were not actually focused on anybody besides Scott. The Peterson family hires this PI. This P.I. speaks to enough of the neighbors that have seen, claim to have seen Lacey with Mackenzie, the dog. And they can literally track from all the neighbors who said they saw her. They track her normal walking route that goes around the neighborhood into the park and back out to her house. It's like kind of a circle. They even talked to a woman at the park who saw Lacey and the dog being followed by two men who were cursing at her and the dogs the dog was barking at them they were cursing at Mackenzie and the lawyer for whatever reason did not let any of these witnesses on the stand what he thought it would be too detrimental to let them on the stand so he did not let them testify the police triangulated Ooh. Scott's cell phone that proves He was where he says he was when he said he was. So based on cell phone towers and shit, they know that he was actually at the warehouse when he said he was at the warehouse or somebody, I guess, be was Scott's cell phone was at there. Mm -hmm. And so if they could just prove that Lacey was alive and walking her dog at At the the same same time, 
Scott didn't do it. Yeah. And here we go. This for this is the possible smoking gun for the defense. On Christmas Eve, the 24th, around the same time that Lacey disappears. The theory being that Lacey disappeared around the time that she was walking the dog. Yeah. Right. The so house. That, so that would have been after the. After Scott leaves. So the pajamas would have been in the hamper. In the hamper. The flat iron. Who walks their dog leaving the flat iron plugged in? I don't know. Maybe I she, guess maybe she, well, she just turned off. Oh, okay. She plugged in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she's probably just been dicking around mm-hmm. in the morning. She was mm-hmm. watching Martha Stewart. Yeah. Fucking around with her hair. Perfect. She's eight months pregnant. What does she have trying, to do? I'm setting up the scene. Okay. She walks the so, dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The house directly across the street from the Peterson house is being robbed. We know this because a neighbor sees it being robbed at that time, but doesn't realize it's being robbed. She thinks it's like workers because it's a van and okay. guys like, like going in and out whatever. of the house. Yeah. So she gives she stares them down long enough that they like stare back at her and she like she's like, OK, that's weird. She doesn't realize until the neighbors report that they were robbed, that it was a robbery. And so then she goes to the police like, oh, yeah, I, I saw, saw this on the 24th and whatever. At the same time. At the same time. January 3rd, two men are arrested. As soon as they're arrested, they say, quote, we had nothing to do with that pregnant lady. And they also claim that they were actually robbing the house on the 26th and that the witness had the wrong day. And the police go with this, that it was the 26th. But what else was happening on the 26th? Our first media, our local reporters were there on the 26th. Blowing shit up. Right there in front of the Scott Peterson house. They couldn't be winning. And he even said on the series... I would have seen if somebody was robbing the fucking house. I was standing out there all day with the media. He said the 26th, the neighbor was so the neighborhood was so quiet. They were the first ones on the scene. Nothing was happening all day in that neighborhood. He would have seen it. Yeah. Wow. So and why would they even bring it up? Bring what up? The prank. Like, oh, we had nothing to do. Right. Yeah. And is it possible that she was walking her dog and, and she came saw back. them do it? Mm-hmm. And she like threw in her like to some yeah mm-hmm. just was popping off or whatever mm-hmm. trying to scare them away and they no, abducted her or they killed her or something happened and the dog would be off the leash mm-hmm. it's a possibility it'd have to be on the way back though since people claim to have seen, seen her, her at the park totally the police to this day still deny everything. They don't believe that. I hate them so much. They don't believe Lacey was ever walking her dog. They believe that anybody could have been walking their dog. The dog was just chilling with its leash. That's and, a normal. And that could have been any person. It's any a normal pregnant, every day. Any eight month pregnant brunette, five foot one brunette walking their yeah. dog. Don't, she would just forget. How many five foot one pregnant brunettes with a gold retriever are in this fucking neighborhood? Right. But. They said it wasn't Lacey, that Scott for sure strangled her the night before, and the neighbors don't know what they're talking about. Um, due to all of this That's cr- wild. craziness, Scott has appealed multiple times, and as far as he's gotten is he's been officially removed from death row. He spent like 17 years in San Quentin. He just got moved to a different prison. I don't know if it's like a, like a lower security prison, but he's not in Quentin anymore. And... 
I think it's interesting that the team of people who are in charge of like proving his innocence are a team of women, his sisters and some other women that they met online who were kind of feeling like things were too suspicious. I don't know if he's guilty. I don't know if he's innocent. I really don't have my mind up made either way. But this raises a lot of new things. And despite that, of once again, to tie it all back together, it's the fucking women in his life who are being mm-hmm. proactive and trying to figure this shit out and mm-hmm. get to the bottom of it. Yeah. So there you go. The Lacey wow. Peterson case. So what do you think, B, now that you heard all that? I mean, way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. None of that body stuff makes sense. Mm-hmm. Where are these limbs? Where's her head? Where's How her? did the baby come out basically unscathed, like looking like a baby and yet with this just twine? Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Again, I understand what they're thinking with the weights around each limb and but the head like you that, kept pointing out like like the torso would pop up but then where's the rest we of find, it yeah then it you would find the weight sunken down at the bottom that you would pick up on the sonar and wildlife do not be. eat bones they're not going to eat her skeleton so i guess that's it if they nibbled on it but still would you not be able to pick up on the weights or mm-hmm. they just yeah 27 searches yeah you 27 searches and at, clearly at some point her body was in the water because it was found in the water and you never found them feels like someone dumped her there after so that being said picture this right she's walking back they're doing their thing the robbers mm-hmm. right altercation mm-hmm. explains the dog everything in the house Mm-hmm. Right, because she's had her morning, all the witness stuff. Assume they take her. I mean, they absolutely could have just been holding her captive. And then once they see all the media frenzy, mm-hmm. they're like, well, that's an easy out. Yeah. Fucking, they'll never be able to ID her if we do XYZ. Yeah, and they might not have even been holding holding her captive. I mean, yeah. what if they actually knocked her out or threw her in the van or something happened, something transpired, mm-hmm. and they were scared and they didn't know what to do, and then all the media frenzy like, happened. she goes into labor. Yeah. She didn't have to have the baby, but maybe she like went into labor and they freaked out, so they killed her and cut the baby out. Yeah, who knows? And they're not going to know what to do with the baby. Right. There's all kinds of so that's the thing. I'm not saying Scott Peterson is innocent, but that makes a there's lot a lot more of shit sense. he does that's very suspicious. But in a country where you're supposed to have a fair trial, and you're not necessarily supposed to go down for murder for just circumstantial evidence, and, and it, it's a it's nothing but circumstantial. He just doesn't seem that clever. He's definitely not. He does not seem that smart. Like that that's all a of the complicated plan. That, you, that he would have had to line up. Like Chris Watts went to a lot of lengths to like try to, and like even still, yeah, he looked like a fool. And it's like this guy well, isn't I, even trying, right? And it's and I think because uh, Chris Watts probably isn't the smartest. 
Oh, of course. But I'm just but saying, like, like, I feel I'm like he put in more effort to try to do things and still came out looking like an idiot. But like all of our serial killers who were like smart people mm-hmm. or like rational people, they all end up breaking at some yeah. point. And it is to be noted. He's never. Scott has never changed his story. He's never changed his timeline. No one's ever came out to like counterdict what his timeline is. And he's he's just never broken once. And it's like we see people break all the, all the fucking time. All the time. Especially with all the attention he's gotten since being imprisoned. Mm-hmm. Like we know he's still getting all the ladies and all this. So like I don't he, know if Scott is. I think Chris gets, was. No, I think he does too. I think he doesn't. He not get like like attention. From, I didn't see anything about that. Really? Yeah. Okay, I figured that's why they picked such an attractive person to play him in the. No, movie. he is an attractive person in real life. Mm-hmm. He's just not my type of attractive. Yeah. He's country club attractive. Mm-hmm. He's like. Mm-hmm. He's very much like let's put on a polo shirt and go golfing. Maybe that's just why I assumed that he would have more like female attention. He in- might have female attention, but like. Chris Watts, they make it a note. Like when you do the research, it comes up right away that like people are have the hots for him. I'm not saying Scott doesn't. I'm saying it didn't show up on any of my research. No, that's definitely worth pointing out for sure. And I did ask my uncle if he ever met him. He did not. I was going to ask. Yeah. Perfect. He did not meet Scott. He's still the most famous person he met was Edmund Kemper. Yeah. I'm like, well, we already fucking did Edmund Kemper. Right. That's old news. So way to go. Way to disappoint Thanks us. Thanks for fucking nothing. nothing. <laughs> okay, two hours into it, we can get to your part of the podcast. What better way to end our holiday season and start our new year mm-hmm. with a lifetime? Uh, always comes through. Always a lifetime. The best. We see Scott Peterson, played by Dean Kane. Oh, Superman. Thank you. I was trying to figure out why he was famous. And even looking through his IMDb, I was like, eh. Didn't have Superman on there? I mean, I'm sure they did, but it was like. He played, he was on the show. The show. Yeah, no, you're right. As soon as you said it, I can picture it. Um, he's immediately at this point responding to interviewers about his connection to his murdered wife before we go back to Christmas Eve. And so now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably his interview with Who'd you say? Diane Sawyer, Sawyer mm-hmm. right? Not Barbara Walters. Not Baba Waters. Yeah. So Scott is standing in front of his house and it's decorated, obviously, in lights for the holidays. And he describes the events of the day with Detective Gates. Lacey's mom, Sharon, is played by horror legend D. Wallace. Not our legend. I know, but still. Yeah, but still. D. Wallace. Incredible. She's yelling at the officers to do more. Why aren't they out there searching for her pregnant daughter? So our listeners will remember D because on our recent Halloween episode, I reviewed the movie 13 Fanboy. Okay. Which she's in. She's also in the movie Cujo. Oh, mm-hmm. the original. The original. And she's in the Halloween remake. That's discussed on episode 17. Wow. So there get it, it Cheers. Hey. Boom. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Tonight's the first night we're podcasting with our partners in Crime Cups. Yeah, that we got for I can't our even anniversary. Rem- I'm like, I can't even remember. I think it was our anniversary it present, wasn't sense. it? Uh-huh. 
According to Sharon, Scott and Lacey are the perfect couple. Yeah. There is no reason to suspect him of foul play. The detective has no reason not to believe them, but for whatever reason, he is suspicious off the bat. And he even notes smelling bleach at the house while another officer says, well, it could be coming from the pool. They have a cleaning lady. Like, some houses are going to smell like bleach. But In, oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, but Detective Gates, yeah. In real life, mm-hmm. the detectives claimed the same thing. Okay. And when they did luminol tests, there was no bleach. Damn. So he was just saying it smelled like bleach just to fucking fuel the fire, baby. Drink into that. One down, right? Also, what's wrong with this smelling like bleach? I love... No, no, that's... You and I bleach our houses from head to toe. If <laughs> I have a to cleaning bottom. lady and it doesn't smell like bleach... Girl, we bleach everything. Whew. All right. We see friends getting home and listening to messages from Scott and other members of the family before the news starts to report on air about her disappearance. Crowds gather in the local park to form a search party with dogs and helicopters. They don't find any clues. And just like episode 69, (gasps) Gone Girl, they set up the information center, the hub where people can report anything they might have seen or heard about Lacey's disappearance. And this is where we meet Scott's parents for the first time, Kim and Lee. Okay. Police get a warrant to search the Peterson household and they take Scott in for questioning, much to the surprise of both the families. They're shocked. Yeah. How dare they? I mean, I would be pretty shocked, too. If you were missing and they like took Nick in, I'd be like, what the fuck? I think my dad would think it was funny. (laughs) Yeah. Well, your dad's not the (laughs) best judge of what's going on around him. My mom would be like in hysterics like she your would, mom would be like she'd be, actually be like, <laughs> i knew that she's like let me tell you all the times that he's ever been a dick and this like, one time he please. tried to crash my car yeah glory just because <sighs> <laughs> it doesn't mean he killed her okay in questioning police go over every detail what did you do where did you go how long were you there um wasn't it cold? What type of fish were you trying to catch? What type of bait? What type of fish were you trying? What to- type of bait did you use? Whatever fish would bite is what I, I don't know. I'm not a fisherman. So do people go out for certain types of fish? Bobby, we need your fisherman knowledge. Do people fish for certain types of fish? When you go out, you're fishing for a certain type of fish, correct? You like have an idea in mind. Wherever you're going, if you if when you, you picked a body of water, do you expect a certain type of fish to be there? Usually you, yeah, or, or maybe a category of fish or a type of fish. Depends. Like if, it, if it's a river, you know it's going to be like trout. Okay. If it's a lake, maybe bat, you're going for bass. Or so the answer is yes. Yeah. And then would you know what type of bait you used? For each kind of fish? Yeah. That you're trying yes, to catch? Yes, for each type of fish. Of course. Of course. Wow. Okay, See, okay. from a fisherman. That's right. We had delicious tuna steaks last night. Wow. Because of Bobby. Okay. Well, I don't have a whole lot of experience with freshwater fishing. Well, well this is saltwater fishing, so okay. don't worry about it. Boom. <laughs> 
He does have the receipt for being at the boat launch on Christmas Eve, but they question why no one can confirm if he actually took the boat out. Literally so many people confirmed it. I love that. (laughs) So many. Incredible. Just as we see friends and family lash out at the press for painting Scott out to be a villain, he's seen driving alone and calling his Fresno booty call Amber... (laughs) Who has a young daughter. Not the Fresno booty call. Mm -hmm. Oh, dear. I immediately recognize her as babysitter Julie in New Nightmare. Wow. (laughs) From my birthday episode 27. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Which is fun because your birthday episode's coming up again and I have a doozy. Oh, shit. I'm so excited. I've been actually waiting for a long time. Oh, my gosh. The pressure's on. No, it's going to be so fun. He's apologizing for missing Christmas, but he'll make it up to her because after January 26th, baby, I'm all yours. Oh, boy. Mm. I cannot wait to have that. That's all I'm going to think about on my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. The reward is posted for $500,000, prompting lots of rumors, like one man who claims to have seen Scott playing golf that morning. And another lady that says that she saw Lacey walking the dog. So these could be facts, but the way the police are writing it off, Mm -hmm. it's like, whatever. Okay. The revelations start to drive the family members wild. Lacey's dad is becoming suspicious while Lacey's brother is telling him it's not possible. Like it can't be Scott. Oh, that's very sweet. It is. So then on New Year's Eve, Scott gets a threatening call from someone claiming they know what he did. And after hanging up on him, he decides to call his mistress and confess to her that he was married, but lost his wife a year ago. Mm -hmm. And he didn't tell her before because it's too painful to talk about. Um, I don't think I noted it anywhere. He also tries to give her some of Lacey's jewelry. Mm. yeah nope never heard anything about that or a suspicious phone call perfect their conversation is cut short by a knock at the door it's Lacey's brother picking scott up for the candle lit vigil and this takes me back to episode 80 with ariel castro where oh because he went and he was like hugging people from the community yeah i forgot about that Uh uh-huh all i could think about was gone girl of course i know i was trying to find other connections that i can make great love it Mm -hmm. you can imagine amber's surprise when she sees scott on the news that night at the fucking vigil and i'm like duh The stupidity goes on when it's revealed that he asked a family friend, a realtor, Donna, how much the house was worth, prompting her to suspect foul play. But I think you debunked that as well. Like, they didn't have financial problems. No, at some point he did inquire about selling the house, but it wasn't directly after her that she had gone missing. And I think, with, like, I can't overemphasize how much media was outside of his yeah. house. I mean, it was like the neighbors complained. Yeah. The neighbors were talking about how it disrupted their lives because they couldn't get through it. Their The media spotlights would be going like through their bedroom windows and shit at night. They couldn't sleep. It was 24 hours all the time. 
So I could see after a while him being like, do I fucking sell the house and move? Because this is ridiculous. Well, also, so in the movie, when friends were questioning, like, how could you even ask something like that right now? He's like, if you were Lacey and you came home, would you want to live in this house? Right. Like, if something happened to you here, yeah, is like this the home that incident. you want to come home to? Yeah. He's like, I don't know that this is a house that I want to bring a baby into. Right. So that I'm and at the time I was like, fuck you. And now I'm like, well, that's a legit response. Yeah. I think the media alone is a legit response. Yeah. Like, but it it's not going to make you look good. Okay. Uh, Amber does the right thing and goes to police about the relationship that they started in November. And when police inform Lacey's family, they are shocked and devastated. Like the mom is physically sick at the betrayal. With the suspicion confirmed, Detective Gates and his partner go out searching the Berkeley Marina. The sonar at this point in the movie detects an image. It just turns out to be ship's anchors, not a body. That's true. That happens. They find a lot of anchors and like Mm -hmm. weird shit. Scott's family with a statement from Amber. They make the news public of the affair and that they no longer trust or support him. Explain to me how amongst all of this that he decides it's a good idea to call Amber (laughs) again. He's a fucking idiot. That's what I'm saying. Like this is not a smart person. No fucking idiot oh my god listen i'm gonna end up sounding like a real fucking harpy and i know that but men are such bad fucking liars they're such bad liars police obviously have the line tapped so the fucking piece of shit takes Lacey's car to a dealership to sell okay did this happen I'm not sure. Okay. I guess the guy that owned the dealership didn't feel good about the transaction. So then he returns the car to Lacey's parents and that, that I didn't see anything about it, but I'm not sure if that, I would not be surprised if it happened, Okay, but I did not hear or see anything directly about it happening. Got it. We have Mr. Whitman. He's hired and police Offer Scott a deal, lead me to the body, and we'll take the death penalty off the table. And for the first time, Scott seems scared. He's like, whoa, death penalty is right. on the table? Like, take you to a body? Where? Where do you right, want me to? We're like, this Where? what? Huh? So he gives an interview on Good Morning America. Again, very gone girl, like we've discussed. Um, And he's like, yes, I was unfaithful, but that doesn't make me a killer dude my dad's been unfaithful to three out of his four wives and he hasn't killed anybody he let them all have their babies right (laughs) yeah and helped raise all of them no questions (laughs) through all this we've got kate and tommy vignetti i don't know okay they stay by scott's side i don't know who that is well you need to oh because without kate we wouldn't have our last monk reference <gasps> of the year. <laughs> what a way to close out the year. Kate comes through as Mandy Bronson from season five, mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. 10, mm-hmm. Mr. Mm-hmm. Monk and the Leper. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Cheer. <laughs> oh, it's a month. <laughs> it's New a- Year's. <laughs> Happy New Year's, everybody. Amazing. I was so desperate to get anything for this Anything. Episode. You're like, has there been a cameraman who worked on Monk in this movie? I like that it's Mr. Monk and the leper because Scott Peterson's very much a leper yeah. in this situation. For sure. I get it. Okay. Over dinner, he tells his friends he'll be in Mexico for work on what would have been the son's due date. Okay. And Again, com- I didn't hear anything about that. Okay. Confides that the only reason that he doesn't believe, like he's only going because he doesn't believe that they'll ever find Lacey alive. Okay. So I don't know. It's probably all fabricated for the movie. Okay. We see police sees Scott's truck. Lacey's sister confirms that she can't locate the clothes she last saw Lacey wearing, but we know that's not true. Yeah. Things escalate when a couple walking their dog finds the baby. And then the next day, a few miles away, the woman's body is discovered. Fucking Scott calls Amber wanting to see her. He needs to be comforted. Again, this wouldn't have happened because he was in San Diego at the time. She asks if he had anything to do with their deaths. And if, you know, he wasn't, do you know who did it? He's like, as soon as I can see you, I'll, I'll explain everything. Oh, okay. Obviously, police intercept, not wanting to put Amber at risk. And now with nowhere else to go, he drives by his friend's house to say, you know, I'll be gone for a while. Clearly none of this happened. He could tell that the wife, Kate, no longer trusts him. But Tommy still has hope that his friend isn't a monster that everyone believes him to be. Finally, the bodies are confirmed by the DNA, um, not by fingerprints because they were too decomposed. And they hinted at the head being missing because mm-hmm. there was no dental records. Okay. But not nothing about like the arms being gone. Yeah. You know. Police find Scott with his freshly dyed blonde hair (laughs) in San Diego, 30 minutes from the border with his brother's ID ready to flee. Scott is brought back to the Modesto police station where he's greeted by an angry mob. Yeah. With nowhere else to turn, he tries to call his best friend, Tommy and Tommy's too heartbroken to answer. So we listen to the message where he says, you know, you always stood up for me and now you must feel like a fool. And uh, basically he risked everything, like even his own, like Tommy's marriage to his wife by trying to stick up for Scott and the friendship. You no know? idea who Tommy is. The friends. No, I know. I'm just right, saying, in real life. Yeah. In real mm-hmm. life, there was no Tommy that I know of. And the movie ends with Lacey's brother making a speech at her funeral and Scott being led to his prison cell. Okay. And that's it. There we go. That's it. So thank God for friend Kate and her her monk. Hey, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, during Lacey's actual funeral, Scott's family was not invited. Despite being so close. That's rough. So Scott's family went to Quentin 
and he was allowed, I think, like 45 minutes to with have them. their own. And they all just kind of got together and did their own private um, thing. Why would he even entertain that? If- mm, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, his family was not invited to the funeral. So they went and had their own little mini prison funeral. <sighs> I mean, I get it, but that's rough. Yeah. Because again, I mean, there's layers to it, right? Your son's going down for it. I Unimaginable. And then this is somebody who was in their lives for a long time and was carrying their grandchild. And I mean, there's so many layers. Yeah. It's, I can't imagine what it's like to be either side of the family. Oh my God. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. It's just awful. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what you're you welcome. The movie? movie wasn't good. Oh, yeah. Almost well, 2004, they made that shit cool. Win. Yeah. It was it was cheesy. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was quick paced. And very one-sided. Yeah. Mhm. Absolutely. Right. But I mean, they got some good detail in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll give, I'll give it a 3.5. Oh, wow, a 3.5. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give it. So I want to know, now that you heard my side and you watched the movie, what do you think? Oh, it's, like you said, it's clear that there was judgment, unfair bias. Mm-hmm. Um, other things needed to be taken into consideration. Yeah. At this point, whether or not any of that matters or can be, I don't know, reconsidered. But it just doesn't make sense that someone so careless enough to have an affair and to be so stupid to call and do all these things would also be so maniacal and smart mastermind to piece together all these breadcrumbs. Yeah. And for there to have been a fucking robbery across the street. That robbery is what does it for me. That sends me. That's crazy. That's wild. Because without the robbery, I'm like him with the burners and this and then that. And it's like, that's shady as fuck. But also, if he's paranoid. Yeah. Like, at that point, he's like, I'm innocent. And they're going to get me one way or the other. Like, why don't you just try to fucking bounce? Probably should have ran sooner. Probably should have went to Mexico a week earlier, huh? Yeah, I it's don't know, man. hard. Because going into this, the second you send it to me, I'm like, perfect. We're doing a baby daddy killer. Yeah, he's the worst. A done deal. Guilty. Can't wait to cry. Woo, yeah. let's, let's do it. And now I'm just like, wow, there's so many layers. So many things I was not aware of. Yeah. I I know I'm there with you, I the the robbery, that's crazy. The amount of witnesses that saw everything her that her went dog. dismissed or got redacted yeah. or whatever, just the amount cool. of like witnesses counterbalancing each other that they saw her walking her dog at the same time that they saw him. The jury clearly, we're gonna base. Our decision off of the dogs the that are certified. <laughs> the uncertified <sighs> dogs. I know. So that's the thing is, again, innocent or guilty, I'm not sure. I'm really torn. But I'm very convinced that he did not get a fair trial. 
Is he a piece of shit? Yeah, of course. Right. He cheated on his pregnant wife. He's a piece of shit. And he's a liar, liar, pants on fire. And we're not flattering him by, no. by saying that, like, we're we're simply basing this on the fact that he's not capable enough as yeah, a he's person. He's not smart enough to, to pull, like, this, pull off. this off. And then in theory, what's disappointing is that time and time again, we're disappointed in the system yeah. that's in place. These investigators who have, I understand it's a lot of pressure. And so they would rather just get somebody. It was such an easy out. Yeah. Obviously, it was the baby daddy who had it. And it was Why so easy it be? to get the media involved. It's and Christmas. Everyone favor. wants to hate him. Yeah. And it's also the like upper middle white class, like the upper middle class perfect white couple yeah. beautiful everyone wants to see them like torn down brought down a peg right Dude, they I love hate, that shit the it's more delicious. and more i think about it like i hate to think about it but like if i was the horrible person that just for whatever reason decided to take this pregnant woman and to see all that fucking media mayhem it's yeah like, that's an easy out People were more who finds this poor five foot one woman in the middle and people found this shit and how much they hated Scott Peterson. They had people they just had love people to hate locked in. People love to hate. People do love to hate. People are haters. You take the holiday season and paint a Grinch. Yeah. And they're going to run with it. Yeah. People want a villain. People so, want to hate. I don't know if he's guilty or innocent. You guys make up your own minds. You let us know in the comments. On IG. I'm curious. I'd love to know what you guys think. Because I really am split. I have not made my mind up either way. What's your look of the week? My look of the week. Is this a throwback? I'm seeing the missing poster. Yeah, but it's not me. Mm. We can't do it tonight. But I'm going to go out as Scott. And I'm going to post missing persons posters. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I need daylight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fun. Yeah, I did. I took the actual... Images with, like you said, that big ass fucking smile. The big smile, that, that megawatt smile. That, yeah, and that beautiful little round belly. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And yep. That's that. That's a rough that's one. How the, that's how the cookie crumbles. Okay. Sounds good. If you want to see pictures of B doing that on Instagram, check us out on THC Podcast. Um, hit me up slide into our dms and now since we have bobby here we're gonna go finally play that game you got me game we're gonna play if you want to leave a comment or a nice review that would be lovely tell us a game you played over the holiday break or i really am curious let us know do you think scott peterson is innocent or guilty because we're just we're i would love to know i keep going back and forth back and forth um other than that thank you so much i hope you had a happy holidays holiday season's officially over time for the winter depression bring it on let's do it it'll be so fun i can't wait let's roll love it and we have b's birthday coming up so speaking of depression (laughs) speaking of middle-aged depression um yeah that'll be great and we love you guys thank you for listening hey Rest in peace, Lacey and Connor and whatever happened. We are so fucking sorry that it happened. It's so unfair and gross and horrible and awful. And if Scott did it, let that motherfucker fry. And that's it. More than anything, like 
we want the justice for her. Yeah, of we, course. We want whoever did it. We, we want the know. justice to be mm-hmm. found, and I I hope only the worst things for that person. That's so. it. All right. Well, bless the rest of you, and we love you, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.